Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Hey guys, Sonia Gomez here coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another badass rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. And we are exploring the stories and journeys of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this incredible industry forward. As you know, it is our mission here at the Hemp Revolution podcast to share with you the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make educated, empowered decisions about how you want to care for yourself, the people that you love, the pets that you love, and the conditions that they may be suffering from. Or if you're trying to otherwise preserve an already healthy and beautiful lifestyle, this is the place for you. If you're a person looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for our favorite picks. And if you are a budding entrepreneur looking for some tips, tricks, resources, relationships that you need to blow past the glass ceilings and break through any of the challenges that you might experience inside of this industry, go ahead and check us out at the emeraldcircle.com. That is where we put all of our gold nuggets that you need to succeed in this space. Today, we are going to be visiting yet another entrepreneur's incredible story. Steve Smith is the president and co-founder of Pet Relief, the industry's pioneer of, and market leader in products for pets. In addition to his role at Pet Relief, Steve is on the board of directors of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, the group that assisted in drafting and passing the 2018 Farm Bill, Rock On, and also provided the seed funding for the U.S. Hemp Authority Certification Program. As part of his work with this U.S. Hemp Authority, Steve also sits on the FDA committee. The, uh, the new member of vetting committee and the marketing committee. Prior to founding Pet Relief, which you'll find out more here in a minute, Steve spent over 14 years as the president of Playa Bonita Consulting, where he was the owner, develop, owner and developer of multiple successful real estate developments and projects in the Treasure Coast area of Florida. Steve began his career as a CPA, working as a senior auditor, for Deloitte before moving in in-house as a corporate controller for Learning Technologies LTD. Here to share more of his story and how he made the corporate to cannabis jump and is now building a company specifically serving all of our fur babies. Please welcome Mr. Steve Smith. How are you doing, Steve? Oh, I'm doing great, Sonia. Thank you so much for for uh, having us this morning. It's it's truly an honor to spend some time speaking to someone such as yourself that's, you know, a key person of pushing the proper side of the cannabis world forward. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. I am I'm super excited to hear about your story and how and and your products and everything that you're doing for our fur babies as a pet lover myself I'm always excited to see and explore new products that can benefit them 
intros are awesome and all, but I'd love to hear straight from the horse's mouth a little bit about who you are, your background, and how you ended up in the CBD space. Yeah, you know, I know we've, we've shared some stories previously, Sonia, but you know, I grew up surfing in Florida, you know, such as, such as you did grow up surfing in California. And, um, so, you know, had some familiarity with the cannabis plant, didn't know the science and all the medical behind it, but wasn't afraid of it. Didn't classify it as the devil's lettuce as so many people called it back in those days. But, you know, just kind of was following your normal career path and, you know, had our own business in Florida after I had traveled for about a year and a half surfing actually around the world, came back to Florida. And what do you do in Florida? You're either a doctor or work at a retirement home or you build houses. So we, we were doing real estate development and, you know, enjoying life, living by the beach. And we had a beautiful family member named Maddie. She's a, she was a collie mix. She would run two, three miles, four or five days a week on the, on the beach with me. As she started getting a little bit up there in age, she wasn't making the full three miles. She would jog. She would run halfway, stop and wait for me to make the turn and come back. It progressed to the point where she would just sit on the boardwalk and wait for me to go do my run and, and then, you know, come back to the house. You could just see her just steadily getting worse and worse with hip and joint pain that became arthritis that then just continued to get worse. So we were working with our vet there in Florida who was holistic minded, but it was a, it was a shocker and an eye opener, the absolute dearth of holistic type products for our furry loved ones for our, for the, I mean, they're, they're, she was a family member and she was there when our two youngest, younger boys were born. Um, just truly a family member. So watching her start to suffer and the only choices were pharmaceuticals, not to say that in a completely anti-Western medicine way, but, the side effects, as we are all so aware of opiates, we know what opiate side effects are for humans. Well, for our furry loved ones, for Maddie, she didn't know what was going on other than she was a zombie on the floor. The pain wasn't going away. The condition wasn't getting better, but she was just a, a pile of jello. And it was so heart-wrenching that I was, we were frantically searching for something. Started looking into medical marijuana and discovered that there's a there was, there was over a thousand true first world clinical studies that it had been done, as, as you know, Sonia, pretty much all in Israel at, the, at that point, and realized, hey, there's this other side of the cannabis family that does not require one to have the intoxication effect, so you won't, you know, quote unquote, scare your dog or cat. And that was the, you know, no pun intended, the seed was planted there. We up and moved to Colorado eight years ago, which, you know, that would be 2011, 2012. We moved to Colorado to, to start our business to change what healthy means for pets. And uh, it's been quite a mission so far. That's incredible. I, I love how this industry always comes with some, like, transformational story. And most of the people who are in this I almost never hear a story where they were like, yeah, well, you know, I saw the opportunity. And so I decided to jump in with both feet. It was more, <laughs> I always hear some sort of like personal transformation story or um, a family member who has had a direct impact from cannabis and hemp. And I love how this plant is pulling so many people from so many different parts of life 
into the same circle and giving us this this one piece of of mother earth is what i say uh this one piece of mother earth to connect and collaborate around so incredible story and i'm super happy that um your experience in your family brought you to creating products that can help other families provide relief for their pets. Can you share with me a little bit about your product suite and what makes your product unique? Absolutely. And and that I think you hit the nail on the head there, Sonia. The the people that came and found this plant, I've got a beautiful friend that uh, is president over at the Hemp Industries Association, which is kind of our our sister organization for positive uh, reinforcement of our, of our movement in the hemp and cannabis world. And she's got a story of how the hemp plant is so intelligent that the cannabis plant literally waited until now till there was the right people on the planet to make sure that she was successful to come out of the dark ages that the human race had stuck her into. So the people that are have found themselves like yourself, like me and some other people that We'll call them the founders of this movement are absolutely in it for the right reason. And now the ones of us that really, really care, like you with this podcast, us on the board of the Hemp Roundtable, now the Hemp Authority, we're trying to protect the plant from the people that are coming in that see, oh, I lost my money in Bitcoin. Let me jump on this CBD bandwagon now. So that's part of our mission over there at the Roundtable and the Hemp Authority. But, but specifically to pet relief, um, the biggest, most important thing that sets us apart is, and it's our trademark saying, is from seed to sale, from plant to pet. Those are not just words. When we started researching cannabis, quickly found out that cannabis is essentially a vacuum cleaner. So if you plant hemp in soil that used to be sprayed with Roundup for the corn that used to be grown there, that Roundup is going to end up in the hemp plant. So we quickly saw that we had to control the entire process. So we partner here in Colorado with the largest hemp farming group in the United States. And our organic acreage is, there's not another organic uh, hemp acreage farmer, even in the same universe as our group. Um, so we start with certified USDA organic hemp and we follow it all the way through. We only use super critical CO2 extraction. Um, we, we can, we do the baking ourselves. Um, we're partners in the bottling line. So we're literally involved in every single facet. So that's the products, how they're made. But now how do you make sure the products are safe, efficacious? How do you make your usage or quote unquote dosage recommendations? That's why we moved to Colorado because we did the heavy lifting for the industry in the pet space, um, is that we spent a year and a half doing, we'll call it R and D where we enlisted some holistic veterinarians here in Colorado uh, with volunteer pet parents to make sure, yes, we all have the endocannabinoid system, but how effective and how pervasive is it within a dog or a cat? So we did the hard work, and I truly believe that that's why we're the most trusted um, pet CBD company by far is because we like to say around the company that we do things the right way, even when people are not looking. I love this so much. It like, it makes my heart sing literally not to be like cheesy or anything, but I love, yeah. I love when business owners really um, put the added, the added effort that it takes to create a brand and product that they know will stand the test of time. 
And the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges that I know the industry is facing, especially right now, is the shifts in compliance and, you know, all of the different things that we're going to be looking at when FDA and FTC comes in to regulate. And I know that you're sitting on the FDA committee, so I'm going to dive into that with you here in just a minute. Um, But really going a cut above to prepare yourself for what is coming rather than what is true right now and seeing what loopholes you can jump through um, really says something about, you know, the potential of your, of your company, but also who you are as a person. And I, I know from firsthand experience interfacing with millions of people from around the world who are a part of our community online, you know, people are not buying products anymore. They want to know who the people are behind the brands and they want to understand that the thoughts and the feelings and the, and the goals and the mission of these people are truly to create transformation. So it just, it moves me to hear, you know, the focus and dedication that you have to excellence when it all the way through from, from soil all the way to sale. Um, can you share with me your key roles in the U.S. roundtable um, and sort of what it was like? I think everyone is in celebration mode. And what, what I experienced with the legalization of cannabis was everyone was in, was in celebration mode and forgot what it took um, to actually get to that place where we could celebrate and actually have our storefronts and you know, our businesses operating. I know a lot of my friends who are still in the industry are still up against significant struggles and challenges. And nobody thinks about the, you know, 22 hour days that we pulled or sometimes, you know, working through the night to do edits on, on the, um, you know, on the bill in order to get to where we wanted to go and be prepared for this next meeting. And, you know, sometimes not sleeping or having to sleep in shifts. It was just a crazy, crazy time. Tell us a little bit of the behind the scenes and as much as you feel comfortable sharing, but tell us a little bit of the behind the scenes um, imagery or movie. If it was a movie, how would you paint the picture to us of how you worked in assisting and drafting the passing of the 2018 Farm Bill? It's, it's, uh, it's so funny. So the, the guys and, and gals on the, on the board, we kind of say, hey, we should all get 1% of all the sales of every one of these CBD companies that can now follow us into this business. But we all look at each other, you know, I'm, I'm the lonely pet guy on the board. All the other board members are either human CBD companies. We've got a couple farms. We've got a couple lab, uh, like testing laboratory uh, people that are on the board. But it's just a great group of people because we've all put all the competitive juices at the door in in deference to protecting and, and, and professionalizing this industry. Because there's still a lot of soccer moms out there, believe it or not, I, I know you know this, Sonia, that have no idea that CBD, for example, is not from marijuana. And they just think CBD is CBD. Oh, it's going to solve. It's going gonna, it's gonna to grow my hair back. It's going to make me lose 50 pounds. It's going to replace, you know, the the... the Viagra that's in the you know cupboard you know whatever it's being sold as literally snake oil so that's why we got together as a board um, and and Pet Relief we were one of the founding members of the board there were four companies that started it and then we came on we were asked to join shortly thereafter and it's just been an honor and a privilege to hang around and 
just work these long, long hours. I mean, we have a weekly mandatory phone call of the board every week, and you have to prepare for these calls. So just like you mentioned, I have to, you know, I, I enjoy it, but I invest anywhere from 10 to 25 hours in a week on mem- on matters that are not related to belief other than industry-wide, meaning Kemp Roundtable, FDA committee. So, you know, there's a lot of heavy lifting, but, you know, it's okay because in the long run, the people that follow the rules and do things the right way, humans are not stupid. And particularly in the pet world, the research like you were speaking about, they do two to four times the amount of research before they'll buy a product for their pet than they do for themselves or for their own children, their human children. Ain't that the truth, so, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah. So let me give you a little insight on the FDA because that that's kind of the, the the elephant in the room and the most misunderstood, or I should say, the least understood of anything going on in the hemp world. Because if you go ask the average person trying to get in the business or whatever, they think the 2018 Farm Bill completely legalized anything and everything, which is absolutely the furthest thing from the truth. It's technically still not a legal product because the FDA has not written the rules and they have not been implemented yet. Now, what the FDA has said is they're essentially giving us a runway where they're going to take a hands-off approach unless you're making disease claims such as, you know, buy my CBD, it's going to cure your cancer. They're going to come after you pretty hard if you break those types of rules. So that's what they've said. They said the people that are, you know, self-regulating and trying to play by the rules, they're going to take a hands-off approach for now while the rules are being written. The rules, big picture, I'll give you this one, Sonia. What it looks like, and I'll tell you, this is about a 95% certainty that it will happen this way, is there's going to be what's called swim lanes. So you're going to have, it's looking like a maximum daily allowance of 20 milligrams of CBD per day, if it's in a food or a drink, something such as that. If it's a supplement form, such as a capsule, a gel cap, a tincture bottle, so picture something that's an OTC supplement, they're looking at probably 50 milligrams per day, maximum daily allowance. Um, and that's, there's some science behind that because there's a, it's called the 100 factor or something like that. So if you took 20 times 100, that's 2,000 milligrams. In some stu- a couple studies, they showed some um, contraindications with pharmaceuticals and some other conflicts that started showing up in certain humans if they had other conditions and things such as this. So therefore, 2,000 milligrams is a potential danger limit for certain people. So you divide by 100, uh, and that's where you come up with the 20 milligram per day maximum allowance. So the people selling you know super high potency CBD products are pretty much going to be out of business here in within 18 months when the rules are officially implemented. So if you want to sell products that are that high of a potency, those will strictly be under the guise of a medical professional. So my in my world, if it's over 20 milligrams a day, then a veterinarian has to be the one to uh, be recommending it to, to the patient. Okay, so for clarity... <clears throat> 
And I, I absolutely have to agree with you. Like, there's just so much that you said in those like nine sentences that like, <laughs> we're going to have to have another podcast where we're only talking about this because there is not a day that goes by where I am not confronted with these types of challenges and misunderstandings in the legislation. And right. What you can and cannot do. And people are really skating. I call it their figure aiding through the fine line that allows the company to operate, quote unquote, legally. At the same time, there is not, I mean, confirm or deny, but there is not the personnel to be able to go out there and regulate the hundreds of companies, tens of thousands of companies that are popping up, you know, every year. And I mean, I'm personally consulting hundreds, if not thousands inside of groups, um, you know, and, and advising them on their branding and their marketing and all of this stuff. And I'm like, does anybody care about compliance? Anybody at all? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, Sonia. And that's so amazing that you make that, that, that you mentioned that because I cannot tell you how many of our pet store retail partners call us to complain because they know my position on the board. They're like, Steve, do something. Shut these people up. It's 12 noon here in Georgia, and I've had two phone calls and two people literally walk in my small pet store in a smallish town suburb of Atlanta, for example. Four people trying to hawk their own CBD that's the best ever. Ours is the only organic. Ours is this. Ours is that. It's unbelievable. It's literally the Wild West on steroids. And you're absolutely right. The FDA, they don't have 5,000 enforcement officers around the country. And they're tasked with things, you know, from any type of food. So if there's a, you know, spinach that has uh, been contaminated um, or someone's hawking bad vape pens or fake weight loss products, CBD is on their radar, but they just, they don't have the manpower. It's just physically impossible for them to, to, to regulate at this point. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and by, the grace of God, by the grace of God, the industry is making legacy money in some cases right now because they don't have the personnel. And I'm really interested and in, uh, quite literally, we're going to have to have an entire different podcast specifically talking about FDA regulation what we think the landscape is going to look like. This is probably one of the burning topics of conversation in any one of my communities right now. And there are so many right. misconceptions, uh, misconceptions. I work with, um, with an FDA consultant, somebody who's worked with big pharma and, you know, done advertising for them, but made the jump into our space to help regulate and ensure that people are getting as close to compliant as they possibly can. Um, there's just, you know, what is the fine line really? And I, and again, I want to talk about more about that in a, in a separate interview, because I think it's just such an important topic to really give the time and attention that is necessary um, to bring clarity and true understanding so that both entrepreneurs and consumers can make educated decisions about what companies they want to align with and work with moving forward. I think now is the time where every, like you said, it's the wild, wild west on steroids. The consumer <clears throat> is just looking for a product that they can depend on delivering consistent, reliable results. And they want to know that the people behind the brand that they're selecting care enough to ensure that that quality and consistency 
available long term. Whereas the business owners, I mean, I, I see them on both sides of the extreme. There's people who are churning and burning brands, putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into their daily marketing budgets, blowing out email lists, offering products, making, you know, doubling their money and then burning the brand after a week to start a new one. And this white yep. sort of fanatical um, process that people are going through, there's very little creativity in it. There's very little thought process in it. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have folks like yourself and a few of my clients who are really trying to understand the person that they're serving, the problems that they're solving and the products that will continuously deliver that trust and earn the respect and uh, recognition from the consumer audience. So I love to see the contrast in both. Without the problem, we can't have the solution and vice versa. Um, But at the same time, I'm as a patient who's had to go through the struggle and finding quality medicine and, and brands and products that we can trust, whether it's, you know, you're giving it to your turtle or your, um, or you're taking it yourself. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's like it, using it for people, um, that you care about or for pets that you care about, you know, you want to ensure, you want to make sure that like the choice you're making is a good one and then it's going to improve quality of life and not bring harm. So I know that there's also a lot of folks who are very angry with FDA and FTC. Um, and so I just, I want to have a more in-depth conversation specifically about that. Cause I just think it would be such, so, so much value, um, for, for our community to be able to hear and, and truly understand. Well, for now, will you share with me a little bit? I, um, cause I think, I think not everybody is aware of the different associations. I, you know, entrepreneurialism in itself can be pretty lonely, specifically um, cannabis or hemp entrepreneurialism because it's such an infant industry can feel pretty lonely. Can you share with me a little bit about the work that the USA Hemp Roundtable and the uh, National Hemp Association, organizations like that? What is your guys' main driving goal um, and what do you work to provide to the industry? And I love that you went to this topic now, Sonia, because this is this is the number one way that a consumer can guarantee themselves that they're getting a safe, a legal, and a reliable and a consistent product. The only way that you absolutely unequivocally can guarantee yourself that as a consumer, whether for yourself or for your pet, is to look for a stamp on the front of the package that says the U.S. Hemp Authority. So it's a kind of an orange circle. It's got a white background with an orange H. It's called the United States Hemp Authority. So you'll see that orange H with a white background. That is a extremely intensive third-party audit conducted by where food comes from. If, if people have seen that, um, that show, it's, it's kind of a expose on, on probably would scare anybody to ever eat food ever again. But the audit, they come in. So for example, we have it on our products. Our farmers had to go through this intense audit from seed all the way to harvest. Then the extraction facility has to be certified. Our cooking and, and manufacturing facilities, every single step of the product's life cycle until it's in the hand of the consumer has been verified that it's good manufacturing practices, CGMP. Um, good farming practices without sneaking chemicals and pesticides, et cetera. 
clean, safe extraction methodologies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that what you say you have in the bottle is actually in the bottle. That's one of the dark little secrets with the companies you were talking about that they burn a brand up and a month later they shut it down because people start testing it and they find out that that 500 milligrams on the label is actually 10 milligrams in the whole bottle or something like that, right? Yeah, so, totally. So that's the hemp authority seal. If your listeners, if there's one thing they take from this podcast, other than pet release the bets, pet, pet CBD company, of course, it would be <laughs> that the hemp authority seal, that, it's kind of like a USDA organic seal. That is proof positive that you can trust what is in your hands. If it doesn't have it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad product, but you have no idea. It's buyer beware at that point. So that would be the number one piece of advice I would give on, 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 the, on the topic here at hand. Now, as far as the board, the Hemp Roundtable board, our stated mission is to expand and um, properly regulate hemp across all 50 states so that there's an even playing field, an even set of rules, with, with respect to states' rights, so a state like Idaho, they have not implemented any hemp programs. You still cannot legally sell CBD on a retail shelf in Idaho. So we respect states' rights. We think they're making a mistake because it's an innocuous, it's, it's literally just a, a standard farming crop. It's a, you know, it's a commodity crop according to the, to the U.S. government now, but nevertheless, our goal is to standardize regulations so that the consumers, when they are buying a hemp-derived product, they know that it's been subjected to proper and reasonable regulations because, God forbid, we have a rogue person trying to do CBD. It's an adulterated product, hurts somebody, hurts a dog. That could be really bad news for the CBD industry. So we're trying to get all these rules written to get, you know, just the, the bad guys, they'll go away soon enough, but we just need, need them to go away quicker. Yeah, that's for freaking sure. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah. laughs> I'm looking at it. So, uh, of course, we both, we're running successful businesses. Of course, you know, all of these things are um, inevitably true about many of the folks who are in this space. For God's sakes, it's the green rush. You're practically giving away um, you know, gold on the street. That's, it's pretty tough to not be successful in this space. And, and yet my true passion and experience comes from being a consumer in this space and, and watching um, and knowing personally how difficult it is to find products that you can trust and depend on. Um, and I've gone through this for my, for my own pets um, I've gone through this as a, as a person myself and had to go through a pretty significant learning curve. I would love to hear from you. And in this segment of our, um, of our podcast, I call it the words of wisdom. I'd love to hear a little bit from you, from, from the entrepreneur's perspective. What are some of the key challenges that you are still facing in this industry right now that prevents you from impacting the number of people or growing your business to the level of success that you'd like to achieve? Yeah, Sonia, that's a great question. And I will tell you, with, with, without even thinking of a second place answer to this, our biggest headache, if we, we keep smiles on our faces every day at the at, around Pet Relief. The Pet Relief family stays positive because 
it, there's not a day that goes by that we don't get a phone call from one of our parents in the year 2019 that they're picking the phone up, not just sending in a little Yelp, hey, you guys are great thing, you know, online. Picking the phone up, demanding to talk to somebody, you know, one of our people answer the phone because they want to literally share the story of how it's changed their pets' lives, hear jerker calls literally every single day. That's why we're doing what we're doing, and that's why we do things the right way every day, all day. Our biggest challenge right now is cutting through the noise. We have, you know, our parents, but our retailers. So we're in, we're in well over 6,000 stores around the United States right now. And wow. these stores are being bombarded with false information, misinformation, voodoo science. So with our team, we're going to be spending... I mean, I probably shouldn't say this on air, but I will anyway. We're going to be spending close to a million dollars this year just on education-related B2C communications. So not even a pet relief advertisement. It's literally information to try and educate the consumers because they're being bombarded with 5,000 stories of what CBD is, what CBD isn't. And it's, it's, it's a challenge, but we will overcome. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit at the Hemp Roundtable. We've hired a PR firm at the Roundtable to help us magnify our individual messages uh, that the individual companies are each doing. So hopefully one plus one equals five as far as uh, the education campaign goes. But that by far is our biggest challenge, not just for pet relief, but for the entire CBD industry right now. Heck yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, that's why the, my whole business model has been on what I call story selling and really helping people understand who we are, what we do, why we do what we do, the way that we do it, and more importantly, what it matter, why that matters for them. And um, you know, in our short time in in public education, I should say. We've impacted tens of millions of people around the world and really crafted a, a method of being able to share, you know, the mission, creating movements and long-term brand loyalty with the customer base where people are actually going into their local retailers and requesting specific products and demanding that these retail stores bring them in based off of the education that we're able to provide. And now I, I facilitate a lot of that education or allow companies like yours to come onto my platform because that's all that I've focused on is building the community of consumers who need and want to understand you know, the different brands that are available and where they can access those brands so that they don't have to guess anymore. And that's what I love about my group. And for those of you guys who are listening, much love to you all. Thanks for being here. Um, but I love, that's what I love about you guys uh, that is that you trust and believe in our community enough to use us as a resource center and brands like Pet Relief can come onto our platform and share um, what they do, how they do it, why they do it the way that they do it, and really instill trust and confidence in you guys so that you can make educated, empowered decisions and feel really confident, but more importantly, competent that the choices that you are making are the absolute best for the well-being of your family and loved ones. So um, happy to help any way that we can. Uh, Steve, this is, this is my passion is really being able to share the story and 
of these incredible companies and, and entrepreneurs to humanize an otherwise pretty outrageous, you know, industry and time in our history. <clears throat> Knowing what you know now, um, and the, here's where the words of wisdom come in and, and I'll, I'll pipe in after you. Um, knowing what you know now, and for as long as you've been into business, if you had to go back and tell yourself, uh, give yourself some pieces of advice that would help you to achieve your goals faster or achieve success faster or um, miss the many potholes that are on this road to success in, in the CBD and hemp space, what would be uh, two or three key pieces of advice that you would offer? Well, I think if I could go back eight years to when we moved to Colorado, I would first tell myself, hey, you weren't absolutely crazy. You haven't gone bonkers. My parents <laughs> and my wife's parents, my co-founder were both, you're going to Colorado to do what? <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, my, my, my parents were actually embarrassed. You know, they wouldn't tell anybody around their church. They're just like, oh, yeah, they moved to Colorado. We're not quite sure what they're doing. And, you know, cause it was like pot for pets. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, well, actually a member of their church ended up having our one of our teacher bottles on their kitchen counter like a year into us launching. And then it was okay all of a sudden. But, you know. That would be my first piece of advice to myself because there was, I have to, like you mentioned earlier, the life of an entrepreneur, you know, I've, I've heard so many people over the years, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to start my own business. I always say, good luck, best, <laughs> best of luck to you, happy trails. And, you know, if you haven't failed once, twice, three times as an entrepreneur, you're not really an entrepreneur. So, um, you know, we, we, we hit a couple of hiccups in Florida. So that at least prepared us for struggles of starting a brand new industry. Literally, it's not, oh, I'm going to open up a restaurant. We started a brand new industry, Sonia, that has never been on the face of this earth. Um, you know, cannabis was legal way back in the 1800s, but CBD and this side of the cannabis family has, this is a brand new industry. Um, and in the pet industry, it was even harder. I got F-bombed out of, I can't even count how many pet stores when we first launched, but that would be the second piece of advice is, you know, we've always been very positive minded and, and Alina, my, my wife co-founder always said these days, she's like, there's no way we were going to fail. It was the universe was never going to let us fail. And so I guess maybe enjoy the struggle a little more because, you know, sometimes it's lonely, man, and you're sitting at home and, you know, we emptied all of our savings. You know, we don't have a big, private equity backer. We're not a public company. It's a family-owned business. Um, we believed in it that much. We literally emptied all the bank accounts, emptied the 401k, started borrowing money off of our parents just to make it through the last six months till we finally were able to pay ourselves peanuts. Um, you know, those are tough, tough days. Um, as far as changing anything, you know, I don't think I would. It's been such an amazing journey and the hardships and the struggle and those F-bombs get out of my pet store, those all strengthened our, our resolve. And really, I guess in some crazy weird way, it gave us affirmations that we absolutely did things the right way. We refused to cut corners when it could have been easier to do and maybe you know, made more money quicker, but we just 
that was never even a decision that could that ever even made it onto the table, let alone being just uh, you know even thought about. So um, yeah, it's it's been whew, quite the journey, and you know we're expanding internationally. I'm going back to Europe next week to um, finalize our deals for our European launch. So you know it's it's really been a worthwhile struggle, and you know I look at some of the people that have jumped in in the last year now that the trail has been blazed and you have to make sure you don't kind of feel not resentment, but like look at them and go, geez, you've got it easy. You just show up with your rich uncle's half million dollars so you can do the SEO and show up number three on the Google search, you know, must be, must be nice these days, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, like yourself being one of the, you know, original pioneers of the whole cannabis space and and you know pushing for proper reforms and proper regulations you know i mean you'll 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 be remembered long after we are gone they'll look back and go those crazy people how the hell did they do it you know so um yeah it's been it's been a definitely worthwhile struggle you know, I, I, I have to agree. I, I, there's definitely the saying, the struggle is real, but it's also, you know, worth every moment of it, especially because I, again, we get to hear those, those, uh, um, there's those moments where you get to connect directly with the people whose lives you're impacting. I'm going to throw in some pieces of words of wisdom to the entrepreneurs out there who are just getting started and trying to navigate your way through. Um, and I'll, and I'll just piggyback off of what Steve is saying. Um, you know, struggle or not, this is a journey and it's one that you are consciously taking, making a choice to be a part of every single day. And you have to enjoy the step that you take because it's bringing you, it's bringing you closer, no matter how slow it feels like it's moving. It is in fact, bringing you closer to where it is that you want to be. The piece of advice that I would offer is if you are not clear about where you are trying to go, it's going to be pretty challenging to get there. Having absolute clarity on where you think you would like to go allows you to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be and reverse engineer the process. If you're just going for the sake of going, you're going to find yourself going into loops and circles all the way through and running up against the same mistakes. Have absolute laser focus and understanding exactly what your goals are because when you have that bright and clear vision, you'll be able to enroll people into that vision and keep them aligned with the mission and the movement that you have to transform the way that this industry is, is operating, but also the, the ripple effect of the work that you're doing every single day. No one in this space is an expert. That's the great news is that everybody here is on equal playing ground and the ones who are setting themselves apart are the ones who are um, doing the one more rep, which is my second piece of advice. There's a whole theory around one more rep. Um, and one of my close mentors actually said, 99 yards does not make a touchdown. You can run as hard and as fast as you want to. Um, and you could be playing in the Super Bowl game. And that's how I look at this industry. This is the Super Bowl game of history, right? We're never going to see an opportunity like this or the changing of the tides 
the way that we're practicing it right now. Many people who are generations ahead of me um, and generations behind me would ne- would never have imagined that we would be where we are right now, celebrating and experiencing this transformation in legislation that is allowing this herb to be available to us. And at the same time, you can run as fast and as hard as you want to to hit that final winning touchdown in the Super Bowl game. But if you only run 99 yards and you don't make it into the end zone, that's not a touchdown, my friend. So one more rep, one more yard. You always have to push. Be willing to push a little bit harder and a little bit and get a little bit faster and get a little bit stronger than your counterparts. The final piece of advice that I would give you is while you're pooling the resources that you need to succeed in this space. I would make sure that those resources include education. Um, Money is not always the biggest determining factor of success, although it helps quite a bit. But having a a competency that that instills confidence in the people that you want to attract to work with will often bring about the resources that you are looking for in the way of team, time, and money. Uh, That comes with your clarity and vision and also um, really having a unique competency in the area of this industry that you want to serve. The riches are in the niches. So make sure that you understand the person that you want to solve problems for, be passionate about it so that you can build a profitable company. Those are my words of wisdom. Steve, we're out of time. Can you share with me any final words in today's interview? I would say quickly to echo along with what you were saying, an entrepreneur to be successful must be doing it for a passion, a life mission or a passion, not how much money can I make. So I really love that you made that point because if you're just chasing money, when you hit those speed bumps and struggles, you're going to lose the plot and you're going to divert and you're going to give up too easily. So that, that would be my follow, follow-up advice as far as words of wisdom. But the last thing I wanted to just say was, again, thank you so much, Sonia, for, for doing what you do spreading the good word about the cannabis plant, uh, spreading the positive message and, you know, pet relief. We're just so proud to be a part of it as well. And I just thank you so much and much love to you sister and your audience. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you when they want to, um, check out pet relief products? Sure. Absolutely. So our company is easy to find, but you have to make sure you spell it correctly. So it's pet relief. And then spell it like leaf on a tree. So P-E-T-R-E-L-E-A-F, like leaf on a tree. So petrelief.com. And then, like I said, we're in over 6,000 of the independent pet stores all over the U.S. Amazing. Hey, guys, all of the social media channels and websites will be posted inside of the blog surrounding this video. Make sure that you check out the show notes and highlights from today's show. We are super honored and excited to have Mr. Steve Smith, the president and co-founder of Pet Relief, as a part of our podcast here today. Make sure that you check him out at any one of his local retailers or online at Pet Relief. Dot com. Um, again, all of the social handles as well as the websites will be posted inside of this blog. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. If you are a budding entrepreneur, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. And if you are a person looking for products you can depend on for either yourself, your fur babies, or the people that you love and care about, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for all of our favorite picks. I can't wait to see you guys on our next episode. And we'll see you guys soon. Bye for now.
Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution, and we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.